welcome back to Brailcast Extra. My name is Matthew Horsepool, and this is a recording of a masterclass which took place on Tuesday, the 30th of May, 2023. It's hosted by Chantel Griffiths and presented by James Bowden. Just before we get started, though, I do need to uh, let you know that this recording contains several mentions of a Braille bar session uh, taking place in a fortnight's time. Uh, The Braille bar session took place on the 13th of June. Uh, I do just want to make it clear that although that Braille bar session did take place and has taken place by the time this recording goes out, there are other Braille bars. The Braille bar takes place on the second and the fourth Tuesday of every month. Uh, except August, where we tend to uh, have a bit of a summer holiday. But uh, if you'd like to attend a Braille bar, James is at most of them, and you'll be able to do that uh, by going to our website at braillists.org forward slash events and look for the Braille bar heading there and just fill out the registration form, and you'll be notified when the next Braille bar happens. Similarly, there was a lot of talk uh, in this masterclass about a call with Orbit Research, and again, that call has happened, but they do happen on a monthly basis. They're actually uh, not hosted by the Braillists, but you can find information about them on the Orbit Reader mailing list, which is referred to later on, but the URL is groups.io forward slash g forward slash orbit hyphen reader. So with all of that out the way, here is Chantelle Griffiths. Hello and welcome to this masterclass all about the Orbit Reader, proudly brought to you by the Braillists Foundation. I'm Chantelle Griffiths and I'll be your host for this event. If you've attended one of our events before, uh, such as the book club or the Braille Bar, you may have heard people talk about the Orbit Reader, refreshable Braille display. So the range of Orbit displays is now much more extensive and includes the Orbit Reader 20, the Orbit Reader 20 Plus, and the Orbit Reader 40. So in this masterclass, we'll talk through what the Orbit can do, how it works, and how it differs from other displays and note takers. Some of the things we hope to cover during our session include, but are not necessarily limited to, the differences between the Orbit models, how Orbit technology differs from traditional Braille display technology, how to find and open files, how to find text within a file, how to use the editor, how to transfer files between the Orbit and the computer. So, um, unfortunately, our regular presenter, Dave, is not able to be with us this evening. He is not very well. So, our presenter for this session is another familiar voice here at the Braillists. That's James Bowden. James is the Braille Technical Officer at RNIB, I think, the Chairman of the Braille Technology Committee on the um, International Council of English Braille. Uh, And he was one of the first people to get one of the pre-release Orbit readers for testing. So he knows everything that is possible to know about the Orbit. And he's also the person responsible for the BRF files that go on to reading services. So without further ado, I'd like to hand over to James to, to begin our session today. Thank you very much. So thank you everyone for coming. Um, I'm going to hopefully mention a few things which may already be familiar to people and a few things which hopefully will be new to you. So first of all, the Orbit Reader family of displays, the classic 
display was the Orbit Reader 20, and that was the first one that came out in the UK. It was released um, to the public in around about 2018, if I recall. And it is a, it's, a, it's a nice little display. It's about six and a half inches, 16 centimeters, uh, by around about four and a half inches. It's about 11 centimeters uh, and an inch and a half tall. So those of you who go back far enough, it's a little bit smaller than an old video cassette, but that kind of shape and size. And the 20 plus, which we'll talk about a little bit later, is exactly the same size. And the 40 is obviously a little bit longer um, because it's got 40 cells instead of 20. And it's a little bit narrower from front to back because they've rearranged some of the keys. So I'm going to focus mainly on the Orbit 20 because that's what I've got here. But a lot of what I say will be absolutely relevant, exactly the same to the other products in the family. I won't be able to cover everything in this session, absolutely not. So if you're interested, there's plenty of documentation online, including the product user guide, which is quite a meaty tome. Uh, or you can connect with people on an Orbit Reader email list, and I'll give the website where you can sign up for that at the end. Uh, and also documentation, I find quite helpful. There's a quick key reference guide, just tells you all the buttons and what they do, um, which is much, much quicker than reading an entire manual. So, the Orbit Reader family of Braille displays, one of the major things why it was developed was to have a lower cost Braille display and therefore increase access to digital Braille or electronic Braille. The Orbit Reader, in common with most other Braille displays, raises and lowers little plastic pins and uh, they form Braille characters that you can read. The Technology is a slightly different technology. Um, the pins are very firm when you when they're raised. Unlike traditional braille displays, the braille kind of squashy a little bit on them. You can slightly springy on the Orbit Twenty and other similar displays. It is absolutely firm, and it's what they call signage quality braille. Um, it looks a bit like the signs you have in public places like lifts and hotels and all that kind of stuff, um, which is good. And on the Orbit Reader, you have a, 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 a... The clue is in the name. It's a reader. It's designed to read electronic books, which can be stored on an SD card, which goes in the back of the machine. You've also got a note taker, a simple note taker, and not that we're going to cover it particularly much today, you can connect it via USB to a computer or Bluetooth to a phone, and then you can use it as a braille display to your screen reader. So let's have a quick look at what buttons and controls you have on the braille display, the Orbit Reader 20 and 20 plus. Okay, so this section 
it's identical for the 20 and 20 plus. The difference between the 20 and 20 plus are the features that it offers in software, which we'll come to in a bit later. So if you have an Orbit reader with you, put it on the desk in front of you with the line of braille cells towards you. That's kind of the front. There's no controls on the front of the display. There's no thumb keys. There's nothing on the left side and nothing on the right side. All the controls are on the top and on the back. So on the top, at the far edge, if you like, the most the part away from you, there are six traditional style braille keys. Three, two, one on the left and four, five, six on the right. And you use those mainly to write braille when you're in the editor. In front of that is an, another row, but this time of three keys, and the middle one is longer than the others. The middle one is the space bar, and the one to the left of the space bar is dot seven, or backspace, mostly uses backspace. And the one to the right of the space bar is dot eight, or the enter key mostly used as enter to take a new line or to confirm an option. So that row across the middle of the display, dot seven, then the long space bar, and then the dot eight. Now, the seven space and eight are behind the braille line. So it's not a huge amount of distance between the, the braille dots, three, two, one, four, five, six at the back and then the seven space eight or backspace space enter which is in the middle of the of the unit now above the space bar and between the sort of dots one and four right in the middle you have a circle of keys they are your arrow keys left right up down and in the center of that circle there is a little round button and that's called select. We'll come on to what they do in a bit. And perhaps the most important keys to the left and to the right of the actual line of braille cells, you have what they call the panning keys. They're like little rocker switches. You can press them either away from you at the top end or towards you, that's the bottom end and they're used for navigating to reading forward, backwards and forwards in your text. You can use either button, either the left-hand one or the right-hand one, pressing it away from you goes back, and pressing it towards you goes forward. So you can use whichever hand you find most comfortable to read to keep, them, to keep the braille moving. Now, on the back of the unit, there's the all important power button. It's a little square thing on the left hand side of the back, if I can describe it that way. And you press the button and hold it in for a couple of seconds and it will come on or go off. If you tap the power button, just briefly, that'll put it on standby. Really useful to do that if you just want to put it down for a moment while you answer the telephone or make a cup of tea or whatever it is. 
just put it on standby and you won't accidentally knock any buttons whilst you're away from the, from the machine. Next to the power button is the SD card slot. And if you certainly if you buy an orbit reader from RNIB, there should be a card already in there. To get the card in and out, you just push the card gently and it will spring out. Push it in again and it will click into position. And the last thing on the back is a micro USB port. That's used both for charging the device and also for connecting it to a computer with a screen reader or even for transferring files one of the topics that Chantel mentioned earlier. On the underside of the unit there is a battery cover which is secured by two screws. Um, it's a very small screwdriver. One hopes you don't need to replace the battery um, but it is it is possible. The battery is supposed to last um, three days typical use without charging and charging takes about three to four hours. Now on the lower edge on the front corners, so that's the front right and the front left corner, almost underneath the front edge of the panning keys, but on the sort of underside, you'll find two little holes. They are to connect little key rings, should you wish to, and then you can hang your orbit reader from a lanyard. So I've mentioned the orbit reader 20 plus. It looks absolutely identical. All those controls are exactly the same and it's exactly the same size. The difference is the features that it has. The orbit reader 20 has a, a reader, an editor, and you can connect to screen readers with USB and Bluetooth. The Orbit Reader 20 Plus adds a clock, a calendar, a calculator, and some Braille translation. But we'll probably come on to that a little bit more. Now, the Orbit Reader 40. This is a, a longer Braille display. And uh, as the name suggests, it has twice as many Braille cells. So it's roughly twice the length from left to right. And that gives us a little bit more room for the keys. So instead of having just three, two, one, and then four, five, six on the dot keys, they're kind of bigger buttons. And there's seven, three, two, one on the left and four, five, six, eight bit like some other braille displays where you have all eight dot keys in 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 under your fingers the space bar has also moved on the orbit reader 40 it's in front of the braille line giving you again that much more room for your hands the panning keys are still in the same place to the left and to the right of the braille line and the arrow keys and select key, they're the same as well between the dot one and the dot four. And the other thing to note on the Orbit Reader 40, it has cursor root buttons. So 
The 20 and the 20 plus do not have cursor routing buttons. Now, whether that's an issue or not really depends how you're using the Orbit Reader. As it's a reader, primarily meant for reading books, you don't really need cursor routing buttons when you're actually reading. So that was one of the decisions they took with the 20 and the 20 plus. No cursor root buttons. The sockets on the Orbit Reader 40 are in slightly different place as well. The, the, the USB charge port is now on the right hand side and it's not a USB micro on the 40, it's a USB C, which means you can plug it in either way around. There's also a headphone jack, um, which at the moment only plays alarms, I think, and various other little sounds. And the power button is also on the right hand side of the display. The card slot is still on the back, and on the left-hand side, there's a USB-A type socket. That's the typical kind that you have on a computer to put in a memory stick. So you can read files on the Orbit Reader 40, either from an SD card or from the USB stick. Now on the 20 and the 20 Plus, you've only got the SD card. So the differences with the Orbit Reader and other Braille displays, we've kind of covered this. First of all, it's much, much cheaper. In the UK, um, the Orbit Reader 20 retails at £560, 560, excluding VAT. The 20 Plus and the 40 are more expensive than that. I don't actually have a price at the present time um, because sadly the RNIB is currently out of stock, waiting new stock. Other braille displays can cost thousands of pounds, so it's significantly cheaper. We've talked about the braille quality. It's signage quality braille on the Orbit Reader. So it's much higher and it's firmer, very firm. Other braille displays, it's the slightly springy feel to it. So the Orbit Reader Braille may be easier to read if, you, if you're new to Braille, if you have slight finger sensitivity problems and so on and so forth. Very, very clear. The other interesting thing is the refresh speed. On the Orbit Reader, it kind of performs a sweep from left to right of all the cells. It takes about half a second. Um, whereas on other refreshable Braille displays, it's almost instant. Now, the that little sweep across, it's not too much of an issue for most Braille readers because you start from the left-hand side of the line, which in instantly refreshes, and then you work your way to the right, and it's kind of ahead of you when you're refreshing. Now, the other thing is a little bit of sound. I'm hoping to make this sound over the wires uh, and the, uh, and, and the uh, Wi-Fi and all that. Let's see if you can hear the sound of the orbit reader. I'm actually going to switch it on and I'm going to press the power button, hold it in for a couple of seconds and hopefully you might hear it refresh. There you go. So it's a little kind of ticking sound um, which of course may or may not be an issue depending on where you are. So it 
obviously no good if you're trying to be in a recording studio and you want absolute silence um, but it's really not a problem if you're reading on a train uh, or in a car etc okay so what can they do we've kind of touched on this a reader for reading books an editor for taking simple notes and you can connect via USB or Bluetooth to connect up to a screen reader or to a computer to transfer files. The 20 plus and the 40 have the clock, the calculator and the calendar as additions and some braille translation inbuilt. Now the, the translation does not affect BRF files. We'll come on to what one of those is in a moment, but it is useful if you're writing a TXT or plain text file. It means you can transfer a plain text file from your computer to the Orbit Reader. It will translate it for you into the Braille code that you want. Or you can write a note and the Orbit Reader will translate it back to plain text for you to go back to the computer. Important to know that only works for plain text files, TXT. When you write a BRF, that's a ready formatted Braille file, that Braille is as, as, as it is. Okay, let's take a, a short pause and see if there are any questions so far. And then in a few moments, we'll go into actually reading some books. Well, thank you very much, James, for that uh, rather excellent start to the presentation. We're going to take about probably 10 minutes for questions, no more than 10 minutes, probably closer to five minutes, to be honest, for questions at this stage, because we do still have a lot to get through. We have a hand up already from Neva Fairchild, who we'll come to first, and then Claire Morgan. Uh, Neva, I believe you're in the uh, US, so it's a very good afternoon to you. You're now unmuted. Thank you so much. I'm I'm fascinated by the differences between the 20, 20 plus and 40. Is there such a thing or may there someday be such a thing as a 40 plus? Because that Braille translation sounds really handy to me, but so does the USB port on the side that I can stick a memory stick in with a whole bunch of files. Um, so this is interesting. The 40 does actually have the Braille translation just like the 20 plus. So the 20 is just the basic unit. The 20 plus adds the clock calculator calendar and braille translation. And the 40 has all those features just like the 20 plus. Brilliant. Thank you very much for that answer, uh, James. I'm sorry, Neva, you've muted yourself and uh, unfortunately we don't allow people to unmute. But if you did have any follow-up questions then, um, please feel free to put those uh, in the chat or raise your hand again. We have had a message in the chat from Russell. Um, can you read foreign languages on these displays? I'm thinking about, for example, a Spanish, an English student doing a Spanish exam. All right, so this is really what's a, what is a BRF file? A BRF file just contains Braille characters. Now, one of the beauties of BRF files is because it's just Braille, 
The Orbit Reader really doesn't care what kind of Braille that is. It can be any Braille code you like. So it could be English, French, Spanish, Russian, Arabic, whatever you want. Um, it can even be maths, it can be music, it can be your own private code. And the Orbit Reader will just take it as it is. It won't try and mess it up as it's a BRF file. It's exactly the Braille dots in the file. Use whatever code you like. I personally use mine for a lot of music. Yes, you can do that, can't you? And uh, I've I've used mine for all sorts of things, including uh, variants of English Braille that are no longer in use, uh, which is very exciting. Ah, you're thinking of those wonderful extra contractions. <laughs> Nine of the, them. Indeed, and, and all of them besides. We're going to come to Claire Morgan next. And after Claire, I've temporarily forgotten who we're going to come to. Let me just double check that. We're going to come to Norman next. So Claire first and then Norman. Um, Claire... Good evening, you're now unmuted. Thank you. I wondered what the editor does. What's that for? The editor is for writing short notes. So you could put a shopping list on it. You could write down a telephone number. Uh, it's just for making a quick note. Does it do? Can you write like you can with a Braille keyboard onto the tablet, like you want to with an email? If you're doing it onto a tablet, that is connecting with a screen reader. The note taker is for taking notes actually on the Orbit Reader itself. And your notes will be stored on the SD card, just like all the other books. What I mean is, can you type emails like a, a Braille? Yeah, you, you type in with the Braille keys on the, on the top of the unit and it gets stored on the SD card. But if you want to send an email in print, will it do that? That is not an Orbit Reader function, sending emails. Yeah, so what you would have to do for that, Claire, rather than using the editor function on the Orbit Reader itself, you'd have to connect the Orbit Reader directly to the tablet using Bluetooth and then maybe yeah. use the email function on the tablet. And then, yes, you could use the Orbit as a Braille keyboard and a Braille display with the tablet. Once it was connected via Bluetooth, you'd be able to use it as a Braille keyboard to type your emails in and, and do it that way but you wouldn't be using the editor on the orbit reader for that function the editor would just be for maybe you know if you were writing a shopping list and you just wanted to take your orbit reader with you you didn't want to take your phone with you uh, you could maybe write your shopping list in the editor and then you could review it on the orbit reader but that's really all it's set up for is very basic note taking so you don't use it for the book things no, you could you can read books in uh, BRF files on the Orbit Reader, um, but yeah, no, you, you probably wouldn't use if you're writing an essay or something. You probably wouldn't want to do it on the Orbit Reader, or at least not unless you had quite specialist knowledge. I wouldn't recommend using the Orbit Reader to write your memoirs. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, no problem. Thank you for your question, Claire. Um, we're going to come to Carla, and then Norman. I'm going to uh, cycle back to you. So. Carly, you are now uh, unmuted. Oh, hello, James. Um, just a quick question. I was intrigued when you said about the Orbit 20 Plus having a calendar. And um, it's um, is it just the um, date that you find on some Braille displays? Or can you actually write appointments in, in that calendar? You can write appointments on it, yes. Um, so you can you can put appointments to dates and then you can go to the date and find out what appointments are there and so on and so forth. It's a reasonably basic calendar, but it can be quite useful. 
Mm. Oh, right. Okay. And that's also on the Orbit Reader 40 as well. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much, uh, Carla. Uh, Norman, I've managed to unmute you now, so I'm going to come to you next. Good evening, Norman. Good evening. Um, the Orbit Reader, as far as I can see, is is really, really well designed. It's a It's a wonderful piece of kit for the price. The thing that worries me about it is um, it's about a sixth of the price or, or or less than some braille displays. How reliable is it? And can you get it repaired? You certainly can get it repaired should it go wrong. Um, there is a repair service that you call the RNIB and we can organise a collection and repairs, etc. And they will charge you according to what actually needs doing. Uh, and I understand the prices are quite reasonable. And we're talking sort of double figures rather than oodles and oodles and oodles of cash. Um, to give you an indication, I do not monocoddle my orbit reader. It normally lives in my laptop bag. And if that laptop bag goes on a train to London or whatever else, the orbit reader comes with me. I've now had this device for five years. And you've not needed to send it back for repair once, have you, James? I haven't, no. No. Now not everybody has been as fortunate as that. Let's be let's be honest. But uh, mine's still going strong after five years, which is great news. Right. Okay. Thank you. No problem. Thank you, Norman, for your question. We do have several questions left, but uh, I think what I'm going to do is ask James to carry on uh, with the rest of the presentation so that we can get through all of the presentation. Feel free to leave hands up. Uh, we will be coming back for more questions uh, in just a few minutes, but James will, if, if you want to do the next bit of the presentation, uh, that would be grand. Sure. Thank you, Matthew. So let's have a quick look at the reader part of the Orbit Reader, which is probably its main function. Now I'm going to talk a little bit specifically about the SD card that comes from the RNIB, um, but you can obviously put any files on that card that you wish. I'm just turning the machine on again. Um, I actually turned itself off because I left it for 10 minutes. Hey ho, here we go. Now the SD card from the RNIB comes preloaded with lots and lots of books and there's a welcome message which should hopefully come up straight away and it'll probably start off welcome to the and it'll be written in grade one. Don't worry too much about that, that's just the particular file that it opens up first. To read forwards through the file you use the lower half of either the left or the right panning buttons. So those are the buttons to the left and the right of the actual braille display. And you can read forward and it says, welcome to the RNIB electronic braille library collection. Oh, I've got the new card. Um, note, this message is also available in grade two brackets, contracted braille. So I want to put that in grade two. I'm going to mention this bit just in case anybody else has the RNIB card. In this particular case it is not a general rule. In this particular case come out of the file by pressing dot seven, that's the one to the left of the spacebar, arrow down and it should now say welcome G2 instead of welcome G1 and then press dot eight to the right of the spacebar to open the file. 
and now it reads in grade two. Welcome to the sign, RNIB Electronic Braille Library Collection with all the contractions there. Now, I mentioned that because what I've done is I've closed the grade one file. That takes me back into what they call the file manager, which we'll come on to a little bit later. And I've chosen a different file and I've opened the grade two version. Now notice I did not retranslate a BRF file. BRF files cannot be retranslated on the Orbit Reader. Okay, I just opened a different file. So on the Orbit Reader, in the actual reader, we talked about the panning keys. They move forward and backwards. Bottom end or towards you is forwards and top end or away from you is backwards. Next keys to mention are the arrow keys. Left and right move by one character. Up and down, that's interesting, that moves to a paragraph. So if you press up, it'll go back a paragraph and you press down, you go forward a paragraph. Now I should say this is a little bit heuristic, if you like, because most paragraphs in Braille start with an indent of two cells. So that's actually what it's looking for, a new line followed by a space. So if you have paragraphs indented by seven or eight or whatever else, it'll pick that up as well. So be careful, it only really works effectively for ordinary paragraphs. Uh, we've also got keys for moving, skipping forward a whole page, which is dot three to move back a page and dot six to move forward a page. Now a page is defined either by what they call a form feed character in the actual document or 1000 braille characters, whichever comes first. You can go to the start of the file with dot one and the end of the file with dot four. And you can also use the traditional space plus L or space plus one, two, three for the top of the file and space plus four, five, six for the end of the file. Already mentioned pressing dot seven or backspace to get out the file. And that takes you to the file manager. And when you're in the file manager, dot eight will take you into a file open. So dot seven is like close and dot eight is a bit like open. Now, one really important feature about the Orbit Reader is it will remember your place in your book. So you can switch to a different file, you could even turn the unit off and it will remember exactly where you were. So you go back and it'll be exactly where you left off. That's another good reason why you just press it on standby, for example, when you're going to make a cup of tea or answer the phone. It'll remember your place straight away. You're right back to where you were really really convenient there's also bookmarks and um, if for example you need to make a bookmark you can place space plus m for mark and it should say 
bookmark added. And you press it again at the same place and it says bookmark cleared. So that's setting and clearing bookmarks. To go between those bookmarks, it's dot two goes back to the previous bookmark and dot five goes forward to the next bookmark. So dot one is top of file, dot two, previous bookmark, dot three, previous page, dot four, end of file, dot five, next bookmark, and dot six, next page. Arrow keys up and down, previous and next paragraph, left and right, preview next character. I've missed one. Space and left and space and right is previous and next word. And there's another feature which I really ought to mention, which is pressing space. If you press space, it'll actually do what we call auto scroll. So you don't actually need to keep pressing the panning keys forward to read. It'll automatically do it. And it's on a timer. And I think when you first get the orbit reader, the time is set to something like 10 seconds, which is probably quite a long time if you're a fluent Braille reader, but you can change that reading time. It's space and up to reduce the time, which means it goes faster, space and up for faster, and space and down makes it slower. Now, if you press it, it'll say, for example, 0.03.0 second scroll rate, or 0.02.0 sec scroll rate. Now, you can actually do tenths of a second. That is even more interesting keystroke. It's space and dot seven and the up arrow key. So it's three buttons altogether, space, seven, and up arrow. That increases the scroll rate by 0.1 sorry decreases it makes it go faster by 0.1 and space dot seven and down slows it down by 0.1 of a second and then when you just press space i'm just going to press space just to show you i'm not touching the display You might just be able to hear it clicking in the background there. It's auto scrolling all by itself. And of course, to stop, just press space again. Really convenient feature, particularly if you're a fluent braille reader and you're reading each line at a similar kind of speed, auto scroll saves you having to press those pan buttons. Now, one thing I should mention to you on the Orbit Reader 20 in particular, which does not have Braille translation. When you are in the file manager in particular, so you press dot seven to come out of a book, the file names will be written in Braille computer code. So that's an eight dot Braille code. Capitals are shown by adding a dot seven underneath the letter. So for example, I've got a, the welcome G2 file here. The capital W is dots two, four, five, and six. That's the standard W and a dot seven, which is sort of diagonally down from the dot six. 
So it looks a bit interesting. Uh, numbers are written with dots two, three, five, and six. No number sign. And there are some other interesting symbols like the full stop or period is dots four and six. So I'm literally reading welcome g2.brf. We've got this W with an extra dot seven. Then I've got E-L-C-O-M-E -E space G. And it looks like dots two, three, which is the number two. And then four, six is the full stop or period. And then BRF. So what can you do in the file manager? You can select a book to read. That's its main function. And you can organize your files as well. Now you can organize your files also on a computer. Now, whichever you find most convenient, that's the one you do. On the RNIB card, there's a folder at the top called books. So I'm pressing the up arrow a few times and we get to books. Press dot eight to open the books folder. And on my display, it says index. And that's an index of all the files in the books folder. If I, if I arrow down, I have folders like autobiography, basic skills, biography, chiclet. I'm not going to read them all, promise. Children's stories, zero to four, and so on and so forth. You press dot eight to open the folder you want. And in there, you'll find some books. Again, arrow down, open the book you want with dot eight. Really interesting when you're in the file manager, I mentioned up and down, they go uh, up and down the actual list, left and right, all the panning keys will take you across all the different what they call file attributes. So for example, it says here, autobiography is a folder. And carrying on, it contains so many items. Uh, just to mention the WH sign dots 156 in computer braille is the colon, which you might find that the date the folder was created. And it also tells me for a file, not a folder, if, a, if it's a file, it'll tell me if it's protected or unprotected. Now that basically means that you can't accidentally start editing it. And all the, all the files on the card from the RNIB will be protected. You can take that off if you really want to, uh, but it's just to stop accidental damage. Now you could also, in the file manager, type the first part of what you're looking for. So if I type in, for example, CL, it takes me immediately to the folder containing classics. Or I could type in, oh, I don't know, TH, and it's taken me to the thrillers folder. Uh, so you can, you can also jump around finding a file you want by typing the first few characters. Now, talking of finding, one of the most powerful commands when you're reading is the find command. Space plus the letter F for Foxtrot, F for find. You press space plus F, dots one, two, four, when you're reading a book. 
you type in what you want to find and then press dot eight or enter and the braille display will search for what you've looked for and hopefully display the answer really really helpful if you need to find for example a particular page or a particular chapter and you know what it might be called or numbered or there's even a dictionary on the SD card from the RNIB and you can actually search for a particular word and there's instructions at the top of the dictionary how to do that so space plus F type in what you want to find and then press dot eight important to know that the find command will start looking from where you are so not from the beginning of the file it starts from where you are and will stop at the end of the file so assuming you're in say chapter 7 and you needed to go and search for chapter 4 you actually need to go to the top of the file first before you do the find otherwise it won't find it I hope that kind of makes sense now the editor just briefly we mentioned you can write notes short notes like a shopping list or noting down a phone number or a job you've got to do to create a new file space plus the letter unsurprisingly n for new and that takes you straight into the editor characterized by a flashing cursor its dots seven and eight and it blinks you can probably just about hear it in the background tick 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 the first line of the file should be the file name that you want to give it so I'm going to type in TEST and remember to put a file extension on the end this is particularly important with the Orbit Reader 20 plus and the 40 if you type in .txt, dot being in your preferred braille code on the 40 and the 20 plus, then it will be a text file and will be translated back into print when you connect it to a computer. Or you can type .brf and it will be left just as braille and you can do whatever braille code you like. I'm on an Orbit Reader 20. I'm going to type in .brf and the dot is dots four six because I'm in computer code remember the 20 does not have translation so I've got to speak the computer code language when I need to interact with typing file names once I've done that I can type in any braille code I like this is a test to see if I can type yeah that was reasonably accurate it'll do dot seven is backspace so I can correct the mistake I made in the word type and type the word type more accurately and dot eight is enter and that takes a new line panning keys again you can move backwards and forwards through your document that you're writing and the arrow keys they work they move the cursor as you'd expect up and down a line and left and right across the line now then the select key that's the little round one in the middle of the arrows this becomes important in the editor 
press that and you'll have a little menu that comes up and it says e-exit. If you press select again or dot eight, that's the way to come out. You can't press dot seven to come out of the editor because it's backspace. So you press the select button and the little menu appears, E for exit, or just press select. That'll take you back out the editor, take you back to either the reader or the file manager, wherever you were before. Other commands on the context menu, as it's called, um, you can just use the up and down arrows. You've got copy, and you've got cut, and you've got paste. You've got find, and there's save, and there's mark, and things like that. So I'm just going to press exit to come out of the editor. There we go. I'm back to where I was in the reader. Now, one other command that I'll mention is select and up. So press the up arrow and the little round select button together. And that takes you to what they call the settings menu or just the menu. The first thing in that list is your battery status. Very useful to know how much charge you've got left. And mine currently says charging 90%. Because I've got an Orbit Reader 20, that's written in computer code. So there's an extra dot seven under the letter C to make it a capital C. The numbers are written dots three, five, three, five, six, if you like lower I, lower J. And the percent, that's a really interesting one it looks like an sh sign dots one four six now on the orbit reader 20 plus and 40 because it has translation inbuilt you can change it from computer code to show your system messages in your preferred braille code whether that's ueb grade one or ebae grade two or whatever you wish um, you can you can change the braille code in the settings menu not going to go into details how to do that um, but in brief you can go through the defaults select and dot one selects what they call profile one sounds very fancy but that basically will select grade one in ueb by default select and dot two so that's the little round one and the dot two that'll be grade two ueb and select and dot three is computer braille and you can change what those profiles do that's the bit i'm not going to go into detail now the final thing to cover here is transferring files between your computer and the orbit reader you connect a cable, a USB cable, from your computer to the USB socket on the back of your Orbit Reader. And there's an interesting dot combination to get it into what they call mass storage mode. Basically means it turns your Orbit Reader to behave just like it was a memory stick or flash drive, thumb drive, to your computer. And it's dot seven and space and dot five it's another three key combination dot seven space and dot five your computer should make the standard kind of usb noise uh, connecting a device and on the orbit reader it says mass storage mode 
then I can use your usual Windows File Explorer to copy and paste files between your computer and your Orbit Reader. When you're finished, safely remove the device as normal and on the Orbit Reader you can press select and the left button. That takes you back to what they call standalone mode, which means you can carry on reading books or taking notes, etc. Now then, there's a lot more I could say. We haven't even touched on connecting the Orbit Reader to a screen reader with a USB cable or Bluetooth. That would be a, a whole new discussion. Um, Perhaps we might have a session on that if people are interested. Remember, though, when you are connected to a screen reader, it is always the screen reader which is fully in control. And all the options that you do to configure things are in your screen reader, not on the orbit reader. Now then, further information. We've mentioned, for example, um, the manual which comes on the card and there's also a mailing list with other Orbit Reader users and the web address for that when I can find it is groups.io forward slash g forward slash orbit hyphen reader let's repeat that groups.io forward slash g forward slash orbit hyphen reader and for those who are interested there's actually going to be a zoom call tomorrow actually with orbit research and anyone is welcome to join if you sign up to that mailing list you'll get the invite posted as a reminder tomorrow. I think it's five o'clock in the UK or noon uh, Eastern time in the States. Well, I've almost run out of time and we did say we'll have a few more questions, so I will wrap up for now, but I hope that's been helpful. Excellent. Thank you very much, James. Uh, we are going to take as many questions as we can. We might go over by maybe 10 minutes or so just to get these last few questions in. Um, before I go to spoken questions, we are going to come to uh, Rob first and then uh, Alexandru next, which is going to be very exciting. And we do have a question from Steve Plowman in the chat. He says, I think I have a fault with my Orbit Reader. The pins go down under the slightest touches and it keeps refreshing. Now, I think this probably that the detail of this question is probably something that we might talk about in our Braille bar. So do come to our Braille bar in two weeks time if you'd like some, you'd like us to actually spend some time with you diagnosing that problem, Steve. But James, if people do have problems with their Orbit Reader and they need an official line, you know, if they need to contact for repair, how might they go about doing that? That's right. So in the UK, RNIB is the dealer. So you call RNIB helpline, the usual number, 0303 123 and they can take the details and put you through, etc. In the States, um, there's... A the various dealers, I think, but of course, Orbit Research is actually based in the States and their contact details, tech support at orbitresearch.com. 
Fantastic. Thank you very much, James. And as I say, there will be a Braille bar in two weeks' time. That is on the 13th of June. If you'd like to uh, come back to the Braille bar, then uh, James will be there. And if you've got particular questions like that, we might be able to spend a bit more time with you uh, to get that sorted out. Okay, we're going to come to some spoken questions now. The first one from Rob, the second one from Alexandru. So good evening, Rob. Good evening. Thank you very much for taking my question. And uh, hello, James, after many, many years I haven't spoken to you. But anyway, um, my question is related to translation. I'm a bit confused about the um, whether you get the translation or not and what that means. Um, I understand about the prompts and so on, but I have seven or 800, I believe, text files that are books and uh, things I've written and so on, which I would like to copy onto a card where I to get one of these machines. Under what circumstances, and are there any circumstances in which I would be reading those in grade two rather than grade one braille on the orbit? Yes, sure. So um, if you switched your Orbit Reader to, sorry, if it's an Orbit Reader 20 plus or 40, let's caveat that, um, because it's only the 20 plus and the 40 have the inbuilt translation. Uh, assume you have one of those. You press select and dot two to select what they call profile two, which would be by default UEB grade two or contracted. And then when you open a text file, a TXT file, it will automatically be translated for you. Excellent stuff. And if I may ask a second, um, how do we make sure that we are informed? Because you've just told me that I've got to buy an Orbit 20 Plus. How do we make sure that we are made aware when they are back in stock and find out prices and so on? That's a very, very good question. Um, and for reasons known to the products team, it's been taken from the website at this moment. Um, so I don't actually have a date for you, unfortunately. Perhaps what I can do is if you contact help at brailists.org so I can get your email address, I can ask the products team and I'll get back to you with whatever I hear from them. That'd be brilliant. Help at brailists.org. Now, the other thing to say is um, if you have an Orbit Reader 20 without the plus, you can, of course, translate files into Braille on your computer. And there's a variety of both free or commercial software which you can use to do that. One free package is called Send to Braille. And you basically right click your file choose send to braille and it whizzes off and just translates it for you no questions asked and then you have a brf file which you can transfer to your orbit reader and then it's a braille file can you do that with batches of files i believe they have done some work to make it do batches um but if you're if you if you're a nab, dab hand at the command prompt you can do it yourself even without too much difficulty Excellent. Thank you. Thank you very much, James. Brilliant. Thank you, Rob. And uh, if you can't do it with batches, then uh, Centre Braille is an open source program. So by all means, uh, contact APH and ask them or uh, or see if you can get somebody who knows about programming to write you uh, a system that can do batches, because it would be possible, even if it's just not coded in at the moment. 
I do need to move on. We've got several questions uh, to come to. We have a question from uh, Alexandru Kazesiuk, who I'm going to bring in. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. And uh, then I'm going to come to Jeff Bashton. I think I've got you, Alex. Hello. Hey, everyone. I've got a question um, on settings. Just wondering, uh, have you ever seen this behavior where you do some settings or open files or whatever, turn off the display completely, and then when you turn it on, it starts from scratch, like uh, as if it was uh, reset from factory, that kind of thing. So I have to do your settings again and that kind of thing. But if you put it in, in, in standby, that's fine. Nothing, nothing is erased or whatever. I've not seen that. Um, normally, it should remember all your settings, just like it remembers your place in your book. It should remember the settings as soon as you set them. Even if you turn it off, right? Even if you turn it off. So, for example, I typically change the cursor blink rate from one second. I much prefer five seconds because I don't like the constant ticking. So I've just saved that setting. I'm turning the machine right off. There it goes. Bye-bye. Okay, I'll turn it back on. There we go. And go back into the settings down to cursor blink rate and it still says five like it should that's great thank you so much if it doesn't i would suggest you contact orbit research tech support uh thank you alex uh for the question the other option of course if you did want to would be to come to the braille bar in a couple of weeks time and we might be able to take some time to just go through that in a bit more detail we have Jeff Bashton next, the esteemed chairman of the Technology Association of Visually Impaired People. And after Jeff, we're going to come to Hazel. Mr. Bashton, good evening, sir. So this is firmware, James, firmware. One of the annoying things about Orbit Research is that they love, love, love firmware upgrades. And they do about three things, and that's a firmware upgrade. Another four things, that's another. So basically, my question is, how do I do a firmware upgrade? I found, I was told to look for some digits. I found the digits. I then went across the table and found the link. Um, and then I wasn't sure what I was supposed to do to download that into my downloads file so I could copy it onto an SD card. And linked to that, I understand there's some wonderful key combination I have to do to upgrade it. So over to you. <laughs> So the up, there are two ways that you can upgrade your Orbit Reader. And this applies to the 20, the 20 plus, or the 40. There's two ways you can upgrade. Either you can use uh, a Windows upgrade utility program, or you can put the upgrade onto your SD card. Um, the process is basically similar. You first go to the Orbit Research website download the correct package for your particular display type do not try and put an orbit reader 40 package into a 20 plus it won't work um, so make sure you get the right display type you download that package it ends up in your downloads folder usual security steps apply whenever you download anything i recommend you should virus checks everything when you download anything from the internet Unzip the file, and if you just want to do the card method, you take the b the, the bin file, the bin file in that package, copy it onto your card. Or if you want to run the Windows utility, run the Windows utility and connect your Orbit Reader 
with a USB cable. Now then, to upgrade with the Windows utility, it's another, it's a wonderful fancy keystroke, so you don't hit it by accident. It's dot five, the lower right panning key, and dot eight. So it's dot five, the lower right panning key, and dot eight. That puts it into the software upgrade mode. And then you run, you're running the um, Windows utility. There's a browse button. You point it at the software. There's an upgrade button. You press that, and it does its stuff. If you're doing it on the card, you've put the bin file on the card, and instead of pressing eight, pan and five, it's four, and pan, and turn the thing on. And it will say something like preparing and then upgrading. Now I've I've read quite a lot there. Um, and Jeff, if you need to go through that again, please feel free. Um, very happy to go through that with you a separate time with you. Great, thanks for that. Fantastic, thank you very much, Jeff. We have questions from uh, Hazel Highland, who are going to come to next. So Hazel, I'm going to be unmuting you now. Good evening. Good evening. First of all, James, thank you very much. I've learned stuff about the orbit I didn't know and I thought I was quite good. Um, but I don't know if you know something that I found out by accident, and that is how to skip through chapters in a book as long as the chapters are clearly marked. And that is by using the eight and the uh, right panning key, uh, sorry, the right arrow key to go forward and then eight and the left arrow key to go backwards. I don't know if you knew about that one. That's not by a chapter. That is the find next and find previous. It just happens to be in books that I've had it on. It's gone to chapters. So it probably <laughs> means that you have typed in a find for the word chapter. And then, of course, a find next and a find previous will search for that word chapter again. So just to confirm, it's space and F for find. Uh -huh. Type in what you want and press dot eight. Now, if you want to search for the same thing again, you're absolutely right. It's it's eight and right is, is find again. And find previous is eight and left. Now, another real good trick, particularly in the UK, we have these, you know, these lines of dots two and five at the end of chapters. So you could search for one of those and that'll take you to the next section or the, or the previous section there, real handy. And to do a search for a page, a print page number, dot five, two five, and then the number of the page. You've probably seen those little indicators in the middle of yes. the lines in the braille box. Yes. It's, it's, that's yeah. the print page indicator. Now, if you're in the US, things are slightly different. You don't have those lines of dots two five. And your print page indicators are indicated by a line of dots three six, immediately followed by the page number. The other thing then I've got is a question. Is there a way at some point, whether it be on one of the orbit oh, 20 plus or 40, is there or in the future, is there a way that you can have zipped files on your orbit and still be able to access them or do you still need to unzip every file you need to unzip every one the orbit reader can only handle plain text files and brf files so if you actually put any other file type on it will try and interpret it as ordinary text and it will be complete gobbledygook mm -hmm. 
I've, I've, I seem to have noticed that one. And my friend's question, she's here with me at the moment, she's been listening as well. She's asking, on the plus and the 20 plus and the 40, is there a way you can search in File Manager for the books? No, no. Um, so that's why we put the index on the RNIB card so you know where to find things. So if I go into the index, I can search in the normal way, I don't know, Conan Doyle, for example, and then it will tell me all the books by Conan Doyle and what folder they're in. Right. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Hazel. We are going to come back round to Mike Moat. Uh, Mike, you are now uh, unmuted. Good evening. Good evening, and thank you for the hard work you guys do. It's awesome to hear what you uh, have talked about. And uh, I have do not have this Orbit reader, but I would just like to ask, I hear the dots making the sound. There's no way to kind of soften that volume of that, or is that just the way the mechanics work on this device? Uh, curious it is just the mechanics of of things being raised and hitting mm -hmm. limits and so on so you know all braille displays make a sound um, but the orbit reader is it's a bit more prominent sound particularly as you have that what we call a linear refresh it kind of sweeps from left to right so it mm -hmm. makes that kind of ticking sound as each cell refreshes in turn yeah, exactly. And the second question is, what is the price for a 40 in the States? Are you familiar? That I have no idea, sir. Um, okay. What I would advise you to do is go to orbitresearch.com and the price will be on their website. Okay, thank you. Have a great day. It'll be around the sort of 1500 mark, but I don't know exactly. So I might okay. be wildly wrong there. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Mike. We're going to go to uh, Rosanna. And then we're going to go to Chris. Uh, Rosanna, hello, you're unmuted. Good evening. Hello, good evening. Hi, James. Hi, Matthew. Thank you for a brilliant masterclass. Um, I'm just trying to sneak in um, a quickie here. Um, I've. Um, do you know what possibly am I doing wrong? Every time that my Orbit Reader 20 Plus um, is on the remote mode as soon as I shut it down or even without shutting it down it disconnects every single time and every time that I want to use it in remote mode I have to reconnect it to the bluetooth ah so I don't know why it might be doing that but the top tip is always put your phone on standby before you turn your orbit reader off right. and always turn your orbit reader on before you take your phone off standby so in other words the orbit reader has always got to be there from the phone's point of view that's the top tip so when you want when you when you finish reading uh put your phone on standby first and then shut your orbit reader down right. and when you're starting up put your orbit reader on first and then start your phone right i'll give that a go and if not i'll come to the um the braille bar in them um, in a fortnight's time it's also Thank an you. excellent question for um this zoom meeting that's tomorrow it's at uh, with orbit research okay right yeah I'll, I'll try to sign up for that thank you both very very much Fantastic. Uh, thank you, Rosanna. We're going to go to Chris Payne next. Uh, Chris, I've just unmuted you. Hello there. Hello, James. It's uh, Chris from Chesterfield. A um, couple of things. First of all, the gentleman who asked the price 
of the orbit uh, 40 in America, uh, it's $1,699. Uh, and I only know that because I was talking to uh, one of your colleagues about trying to get a grant. And one of the options was if I went direct to orbit and he looked up the price for me. That's how I know that one. Um, so the, one of the questions that was asked earlier, you've answered. But uh, to, to sort of continue on that, is it worth at tomorrow's meeting to ask um, when are the RNIB looking to be getting a new um, lot of uh, 40, uh, or, or do you not think that they would know? No, I don't think they would know. Um, that's really an RNIB thing. As I said earlier, if you email help at brailists.org, then I can get your email address. I can ask the products team and I'll get back to you with whatever I hear from them. Yeah, you know who I am. <laughs> uh, but my other question is, when I've, I've just started a maths class and we want to use the Braille Orbit for uh, using it as a Braille display, we managed to get onto the computer by using uh, Space 7 and 2, and it told us it was HID Orbit, but we couldn't get any further. What screen reader are you using? It wouldn't. Uh, JAWS. JAWS 2023. You need to configure JAWS to acknowledge the Braille display. Uh, we told it to look for JAWS. We told JAWS to look at uh, 20. So it should be looking at that. Yeah, it's perhaps a little bit fiddly and we're, we're sort of a bit short on time. So I wonder if you might be free in a couple of weeks to uh, pop along to the Braille bar. I can see a theme coming here. We might actually promote this. We might promote this Braille bar as a special uh, orbit reader Braille bar because, uh, I, th I mean, it, we can definitely get to the answer to the question, but it might take sort of five or ten minutes of just debugging your jaws. Yeah. OK, thanks, James. That's no problem. Thank you for your question, uh, Chris. And I'm sorry to sort of chiver you along a bit there. Um, but time is, is not really on our side. Um, I am going to come back round to Neva. Neva, I'm going to unmute you for your second question. And uh, this may very well be the last question of the evening. So, uh, yes, hello again. Hello again. I'm so thrilled to hear that the Orbit Reader um, lets you do first letter navigation in the file manager. If you are in profile two, um, can you use contracted Braille? To move around great question i would suggest best not i'm pretty sure it doesn't because if you typed in t have you searched for the t or have you searched for that so i would suggest not okay thank you there we go thank you very much neva and thank you to everybody for uh, those questions and i'll pass it over to Chantel to finish the meeting off Thank you, everybody. And thank you, James, for a very informative presentation. We always learn a lot from these. So thank you again. And again, thank you all for your amazing questions. Thank you, Matthew, as always, for your moderation and your contributions as well to the session. And uh, on behalf of the Brailless Foundation, I'm Chantal Griffiths. Have an amazing week. And we look forward to seeing you soon at another event. Bye for now. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Brailcast Extra. You can find more Braille-related content by subscribing to Brailcast, all one word, in your podcast client of choice, or listening to Brailcast, connecting the dots for Brailists everywhere on your smart speaker. 
For the latest information about future Brailist events and how to join live, subscribe to our weekly email newsletter at brailists.org slash newsletter slash sign up. You can also visit our events page at brailists.org slash events. If you have comments on this recording or suggestions of topics or guests for future events, we'd love to hear from you. Please email help at brailists.org. You can also find the Brailists on Twitter at Brailists or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Foundation. Finally, if you like what you've heard, spread the word. We welcome new listeners and live participants alike, so if you know other people who are interested in Braille, please tell them where to find us. In the meantime, on behalf of everyone at the Brailists, thanks for listening and bye for now. The costs of producing this episode were defrayed by a grant from the Activate Fund of the Winston Churchill Memorial Trust. For more information, visit wcmt.org.uk.